everybody to the Real Collective podcast. I am your host, Sean Tasse, and we are joined by a spe- very special guest today. Steve Tabrizi is actually the broker and owner of uh, Remax Hallmark. And of course, Remax Hallmark is covers all of Ontario. So Steve is a very special guest for us, a good friend of mine. Steve, thanks very much for joining us. I super appreciate it. Um, as always, guys, before we get into it, if you're liking what you're hearing, uh, subscribe to the channel. Of course, share this with your friends or anybody else who you think might be interested to get in touch with this kind of information on the channel. You can find new listings before they hit up the market. You can keep up to date with all this great stuff that we're talking about. So Steve, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Sean, for inviting me. Uh, I hope uh, I can uh, share my insight and my contribute to your podcast and Real Connect the team. Uh, I, I have uh, you know introduction about me. I've been doing uh, being involved in real estate for 27 years. I am uh, the chief operating officer of the Remax Hallmark Group of Company. We operate across Ontario with over about 1,860 agents as of today. And uh, one of our greatest uh, team and agent, of course, is you, Sean Tassi, and Real Connect. Uh, Sean hasn't paid me to do that. Uh, I mean it. Uh, I've seen your growth uh, exceptionally in this industry, and I'm very proud to working with you. And uh, one of my specialty is uh, uh, market. Uh, I analyze, dissect. Uh, uh, market, market numbers, market trends, market behaviors. And uh, I basically share it uh, with uh, a variety of the sources in the industry and the media. And uh, my approach is very uh, transparent, uh, rational approach based on numbers, uh, because I firmly believe the numbers, they don't lie. And the numbers, they prove result. And uh, sometimes the result could be positive. Sometimes the result could be negative. So I'm excited to... Uh, uh, to share my insight today with you. Yeah, thanks. That's super kind. Um, so the, the thing that, that got me thinking that uh, we should do this uh, on the podcast is yesterday at the office meeting, you were unpacking some of the stuff that you went into. Recently, you interviewed um, a gentleman at TD whose name was Derek, and I forget his last name. Burlington. Derek Burlington. Perfect. Well, you know what we'll do is we'll post a link to that interview below. So if anybody wants to go through and, and see the full interview, it's in there. Um, and, and so, yeah, you unpacked some very interesting things about what the market might look like in the next three to six months and then sort of uh, 18 months. Uh, and so Derek works as one of the chief economists at TD. And there was a lot of really interesting things that you guys got into. And a lot of it was forecasting based. And that, of course, is what people are asking. What's going to happen? And, and, and the typical realtor answer is, I don't know. I, my, I've lost my crystal ball. Right. And we're, we're not supposed to forecast what's going to happen. What I did like is that he, he didn't necessarily tie himself to an answer. He said it's, it, it could, it could be a recession, but it could also be slight growth and it's, and it's one or the other. So, you know, it, you're not making a prediction, but you're saying here's where it's probably going to go one of these two ways. So I wanted to unpack that a little bit with you. And then I wanted to ask the second question is, what are the lead indicators that are going to lead us towards either, uh, uh, you know, a slight growth versus a recession? And then what will it look like in sort of the worst case and the best case scenarios as you think moving forward? Uh, great question. So the biggest challenge right now in the market, as you alluded to, the media, unfortunately, with the headlines portraying these pictures 
that the market is crashing. The bubble is burst. Yesterday was one of the best, Sean, I read. Um, price of the homes are dropping by $1,000 per day. I I was just laughing. I was just laughing that the reporters, without any substantial backing or without any proof, they come with those headlines. Maybe the statement is correct, but they don't deep analyze it in correlation to what, to what period, to when. So let's just go back, see what has happened. COVID come in, fast forward. COVID come in, we were considered essential. We are very thankful that we were considered essential. We are, we, are, we are not thankful because we were considered essential. I think the consumers, they need to understand why we were considered essential. Because the real estate, the finance, the insurance, the construction, anything related to real estate is almost a half of the GDP of this country. So we are essential because we are the vital part of the economy. So let's put that one on the side. COVID, stimulus packages from the government, quantitative ease, which is in a simple language, printing the money, making sure the economy doesn't collapse, making sure that the people don't lose money has caused a lot of people have excessive saving and disposable cash. So what do they do? And on the other hand, the Bank of Canada, right at the beginning of the COVID, to give the positive morale and um, mental support, they dropped interest rate, which is historical. Always they do that. Anytime they feel a major danger to the economy, that's what they do. Why? Because they want to make the cash available to the public easier and cheaper. So you got stimulus packages. You haven't lost your job. You got cheap money. What happened? By default, we all went shopping. We shopped some, shop, some they were smart. They shopped homes. Some they shopped cars. Some they renovated their backyard. Some they bought boat. Some the massive purchase of the cottages during the pandemic is through the roof. Anybody that you can imagine has end up buying a cottage, uh, including yourself. Congratulations! I haven't bought. So now, of course, we have the beyond the normal growth of the instead of five or 10 or 15%. Suddenly from 2021 to 2022 for the first quarter, we have 30, 40, 57% increase in some areas over the two years. So the million dollar question become, is it real? Is it a fraud? Is it sustainable? So all these elements, in addition to it, the supply chain, Unfortunately, North America, Europe is heavily dependent to the Southeast Asia, which is the China, which is India, which is Vietnam, because the cost of the pr production of the product is a lot cheaper there due to the variety of the reason. So the supply chain is also really interrupted. So now we don't get enough the inventory. The cost of the goods is going up. People have massive money. They are buying. So we have inflation. So very simple. The Bank of Canada, people got to understand. I want everybody go read the Bank of Canada's statement last week. Quote, excessive demand, low unemployment, historical, 4.9. Increase of the wages of the uh, people who want to work in the market. Businesses are expanding heavily and uh, robust market, robust economy, 
has caused inflation. So what is he has to do? He has to increase the rate exactly what he did reverse at the beginning of the pandemic. Make the borrowing costs more difficult. Why? Because he's basically, in a very simple language, is telling people, stop shopping, stop buying. We, we don't want you to buy anything. We don't want you to buy cars. We don't want you to buy boats. We don't want you to buy cottage. We don't want you to buy a house because it is going to explode. On that note, suddenly you see, because the January and February and March of this year across Ontario, the market of real estate was massive. Suddenly now you see the number of the transaction. People don't pay attention. The number of the transaction has dropped by 20, 30, 40%. But the prices, they haven't dropped. The prices in correlation to 2021 and 2020 still are anywhere between 7 to 14% up, double digit. So people are panicking. No, there's no panic. And now we have two types of the uh, consumers, basically. We've got a buyer and seller. Seller are telling Sean and Real Connecting, I want the price of the February. And the reality is, sorry, that sale has left the ship. So, you know, that boat has left the yard and it's not there. We can't do anything about it. And the buyers are confused. The buyer, they think is going to go lower and lower and lower. Nothing is going lower drastically. It's maybe dropped by 10% the prices, which is we are in the price of the September to October of the 2021. We are not in the price of the 2017 or 18 or anything. So if you are buying for a long run, take your advantage, buy. Your second part of your question, recession or growth. Bank of Canada is now coming to a point realizing that the rise of the interest rate has some impact on inflation, but is it a meaningful pact? They are actually coming to the conclusion in the last two weeks, most central bank around the developed countries are talking, yes, it is working, but it's not everything. So they are actually acknowledging the supply chain and the energy cost due to the Ukraine and Europe conflict are the major part of the whole inflation. Mm-hmm. So when they talk about the inflation, the recession, what we like to refer to it rather than recession, stagflation or stagnation, why? Because if by man-made, we force the economy goes above unreasonable affordability due to the rise of the interest rate, you basically end up discouraging or halting the business growth and economic GDP growth. That's a recession. But the beauty is these people don't pay attention. 2008, 2009, when the massive recession in North America happened, massive layoffs, businesses, they were not willing to expand. The borrowing, there was no there, nothing at all. So the fundamental were not there. That was was a real recession. This is a man-made either towards the recession. I don't think so it's going to happen because the Bank of Canada probably will push the rate anywhere close to about 2.75 to 3%. Anywhere between two and three, we call it neutral zone. Prior to COVID, the overnight lending rate was 1.75. It should typically sit around two and a two and a quarter because there you have the inflation rate of the two to 3%, which is normal. An economy on a balanced course is going. So I personally don't see we are going to a recession. I see what's going to happen by fall, this fall. You, we will see another hike in September. By fall, the buyers are will re-engage into the market. 
Are they going to re-engage in a madness of the February of the 2022? Absolutely not. They will re-engage based on the needs that they have, based on their personal criteria. Yes, and sadly, 10% of those buyers are disqualified now because of the height of the interest rate, but that's the name of the game. And then you will see by fall of the next year, so this is the key, people who are buying between now and perhaps summer of next year, they are the biggest winners. From the fall of the next year, you will see the inflation is under the control, and then you will see again a normal course of the growth. And by 2024, rest assured, we'll be back to the same square one. Why? We are bringing half a million people to this beautiful country. So think about this idea. Federal government, it says, I need labor. I need Canadian, with all due respect, the natural birth is dropping so badly Younger generation, apparently, not you. They don't want children. They are so happy without not having children. So you don't have natural birth. You got to bring the labor force. And the only way of the bringing the labor force, skilled workers, specialists, doctors, engineers, you name it, is through immigration. So federal government bringing half a million people and provinces says, I can't keep up with the supply. I don't, I, I can't keep up. So you got two policies that they are conflicting against each other. So, but the policy of the bringing immigration, bringing the wealth, bringing the people who pay taxes, create job, that means the economy is in a positive way. So the only thing that will put an economy into the recession is one thing, massive, massive unemployment, massive drop in the business growth and a development, which we don't have none of those. You know, we're, we're, we're finding people don't want to work. It's, 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 it's hard to find people to work. I'm sure you're finding it too. Right. So that's not, a, it's the, the, the unemployment is certainly not there. I, um, the, the interesting thing I've noticed over the last two years, you're, you're, a, you're a numbers nerd. I'm a bit of a numbers nerd, but I don't think I'm at your level. Like I'll, I'll break down the Ottawa market on a, on a monthly basis and talk about what's happening, but you like really geek out on this, which I love. Um, during COVID, we lost the seasonality of the market because we're all these other sort of, you know, normally springtime, we get a big market and then fall, we get sort of an echo wave. We lost that during COVID because we're all these exterior uh, uh, sort of pressures, right? And, and, and it's the same now that we're seeing with the interest rates. That's an exterior pressure that's being pushed onto our market. And I think that, like, like you're saying, by the time we get to 18 months or, or two years down the road, we're going to refine that seasonality of the market. And I think you're right, is you, on, on, on a very, very basic level, supply and demand, right? Like you said, demand is going to be higher and supply. There's no way they're going to, the market fundamentals are there. There's no way they're going to be able to, to, to get the. So all we're dealing with right now are external pressures and sort of a, 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 a micro uh, sort of effect on our market as a whole, but everywhere across Canada is feeling it. And we're getting caught in clickbait. Well, what, what we are facing right now, human behavior towards the change. Yes, yes. We have become so entitled that we feel, no, the interest rate got to be quarter point. <laughs> no, no, I love the quarter point. Yeah. But let's be honest. Do we want for the future generation the unaffordable market that we have? Do we want our children? Uh, let's take a look at also average income of the Canadian. We're talking about $120,000 a couple, husband and wife, partners, 
whatever you want to call it, a household brings into the equation. How could they afford if the average of the price of the home down the road past a million dollar mark in Ottawa. It can't, it can't. We need to have a sustainable economy and sustainable economy is based on the normal growth of the wages, which is happening finally, normal growth of the price of the homes, which historically in Ottawa up to 2016 was two to 3%. And now supposed to be Ontario wide has been 7%. That's a normal course. That's what we need to have. Immigration comes in and then unemployment is low. Even if unemployment from a now 4.9 goes to 5.6, 5.7, still we are historical low. Prior to COVID, we were at five and a half. So we are now sitting at 4.0. One thing that really federal government got to be careful, we face another external force as you, I, I love it, the terminology I learned from you now, external force. So we face two elections in spam of six months. And what do they do, politicians, during the election? They promise. They print money again. So exactly, federal and provincial government, beside the stimulus packages helping the individual, now they're spending massive in infrastructure and growth. Those infrastructure and growth, highway, transit, um, you, know, you name it, um, anything that they are touching, it requires employees. It requires the sales force. It requires the manpowers. So therefore, we are expanding. Hopefully, the federal government, I'm hoping that drop, cut off those uh, unnecessary stimulus packages that unfortunately uh, we don't need at this time because the economy is good and put their politics and vote grabbing attention aside and think about people need to go back to work because uh why that's if that's if how could how could we suddenly go to 4.9 percent of the unemployment when as you said other business your business any business that you talk to them they said we have the hiring post everywhere but no one wants to work so we have made also during the hybrid model of the covid giving the again back to the human behavior made certain group of the people not willing, wanting to want to work and taking advantage of the system. And then taking advantage of the system, unfortunately, it will cause the tax burden for the normal people for the future. Anyway, we don't want to get into the politics of it, but I don't see any recession coming. And even if I see any recession coming, I won't call it a recession. I would call it a resilience of the market uh, due to the external forces that were introduced to us. That's because you don't want to call things what they are, because I feel like what you put into the world is what happens. Um, this, I think this is a great place to take a quick break. We'll have a, a quick word from our sponsors. Uh, of course, if you're liking what you're hearing, feel free to share this with uh, any friends uh, who are interested in what's going on in the market or what might be happening, what might be coming down the, uh, the pipe. Uh, you can, of course, as always, schedule in the Calendly link below with uh, myself to schedule a private consultation to talk about your Ottawa real estate needs. Uh, and uh, we'll be right back after this. This episode of the Real Collective podcast is brought to you by Real Collective. Real Collective brings together best-in-class real estate agents and collective experts in the field to deliver the best possible service to our clients. 
we govern ourselves with honesty, open-mindedness, and compassion. With diverse skill sets, our agents are able to better serve a wide array of clients, including first-time buyers, first-time sellers, transferees, estate sales, investors, and rural, vacation, and luxury properties. Authenticity and transparency are pillars of our process, which allows us to put our clients at the center of everything we do. Our years of experience and knowledge allow us to deliver prestigious service and optimal results. If you are interested in buying or selling your home, contact us today at realcollective.ca. Welcome back, everybody, to the Real Collective Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed that word from our sponsor, which is probably us. Uh, and <laughs> as always, uh, feel free to like this channel, subscribe to it, and hit that notification bell so that you can stay up to date with all of the new properties that are coming to the market and market updates just like this one. Uh, Steve, we, we unpacked a few things uh, in, the, in the beginning. We talked about sort of the seasonality of the market and COVID, talked about that clickbait media, and we, we We've actually talked about this on the podcast before is how the media is just needing to get people to click on it, not because they're telling us the real story, but because they have to sell the ads. Uh, and so, you know, it's, 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 if it bleeds, it leads sort of mentality. Right. Uh, and that's, that's on the news and we see it now on online news, which is where most of us typically consume the articles that we're reading. I don't know if it's happened to you, but you're going through and you're reading an article and it's more ad than article, right? You're scrolling through and you've got a picture that's underneath and you have to scroll up like twice before you see the next line of dialogue. Mm -hmm. uh, so a, a lot of, uh, a lot of what we're seeing in the media right now is uh, pushed and promoted by some of these other groups. Uh, one thing, and I, I think you talked about this a while ago, but one thing that was very interesting that we saw is talking about the fundamentals overall about Canadian real estate is that Blackstone, which is one of the huge, huge uh, 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 financial, you know, run the world. Like I'm talking, if you don't know what Blackstone is, look them up and then go put on your stonemason ring because you are like running the world if you're, if you're Blackstone. They're, they've got their hands in everything and they just started investing recently in Canadian real estate. And so what that means about the fundamentals of where, where Canadian real estate is going, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't see any of this as being bad. Right. Well, absolutely not. Just go backwards, go to 2008 major economic crash in U S yeah. they went to a deep recession I never, I vividly remember October of 2008, Lehman brother, Mr. George W. Bush didn't bail them out. They basically mortgage uh, uh, issues in US and the market collapsed. A massive layoff, massive drop of the stock market. And they went into the recession till early part of the 2012 and 13, almost four or five years. Canadian market at the same time, was in the recession from October of 08 to March of 09. And people forget why we were not in a deep recession like the U.S. Because sometimes we blame our system that being too protective, too conservative. But frankly, our banking system, our protectionist system, has our multi-layer red tape has saved us in economic downturn. CMHC, Canada Mortgage Housing Corporation, is a well-funded agency with billions of dollars that is has 
has actually was a real proof during the COVID. At the beginning of the COVID, CMHC went to all the five, six major banks in Canada and said, I release you from some of your constraint in terms of the lending. I insured them for you. I want you to release more funding into the market. So when we look at those things, the fundamental of our system has saved us. Now, let's take a look at the immigration policies. We are a very diverse... Go ahead. Yeah, just before you before you switch to immigration, uh, two points here. Number one, uh, I think it was after 0809 when they put the um, uh, uh, qualifying rates in, and that was further in place so that we don't wind up where they where they were in the states in 0809, right? With regards to everybody being underwater, like they call it on their mortgages. Yeah. The other point to make, and this is what I heard, maybe maybe you do know it or maybe you don't. There was one city in the United States that didn't go into a, a, a drastic recession where housing prices dropped off the face of the earth. Do you know what city that was? No, I don't know. Washington, DC. And do you know why? Why? It's the capital of the country. And Ottawa being the capital of Ontario, we survived that 0809 recession a lot better than some of the big cities. Like so in terms of like the last 60 years, I think Ottawa's at five or six percent average growth per year. Before, like during 0809, up until 2015, we were at like two or three. It was really slow growth. But if you look overall, going back 60 years, Ottawa sees about five or six percent, and it's really a blue chip city. It's rare. And maybe it's every 20 years or so that we see these big jumps where we see 20% jumps. We saw it in 299, 2000, 2001. And that was the tech boom, right? All of the, all of the high tech sector in, in the, in the West end of Ottawa pushed our market up drastically. And then we sort of even back out. So in Ottawa, on average, we were seeing five or 6% per year going back for, for 60 years. Right. And we historically have been insulated from some of the stuff that's happening around the world because of the fact that there's so much federal money here because of the government. Well, the federal money in Washington is a great comparison. Washington to Ottawa, typically in any economical downturn, the provinces or states are regulated, self-regulated by their own premier or the governors. And federal government typically during any of the recessionary uh, situation, they actually double down and ramp up the hiring, the expansion, the infrastructure, because they're printing money. But you brought a good point also about the period of the boom in Ottawa, the tech boom, recent boom. One thing has happened in the last three years during the COVID, which I talk about it in many of my uh, podcasts uh, with other uh, people, that Canada historically was Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal. And it was a sad story that every concentration in this beautiful, large, massive country was only these three cities. The last three years has caused that the wealth due to the unaffordability of the major hub center, such as Toronto, such as Vancouver, is spreading. That's why the Ottawa, it's really, if you look at the last two years report, is the number one city in terms of the growth among the Canadian city. And one of the reasons is still, the few reasons are still valid, still affordable, close to two major hubs, Toronto and Montreal, by itself has become a major hub 
international airport, great school system, great uh, health system, uh, accessibility to all the amenities, great recreational properties surrounding the Ottawa. So the younger generation are asking themselves now in Toronto or Vancouver or in Calgary, which now is coming back up, they're saying, maybe I should move to Ottawa because I want to raise my family in a steady and calm environment rather than a fast paced traffic bustling environment. So this spread of the wealth for Ontario has been great. Kingston, London, Ottawa, it's really working nicely through it. And back to your main question about the also immigration and our system, we are a country that when you, we are benefiting constantly from a, in a stability of the global affairs yeah. in Middle East, in Southeast Asia, in Europe now, in Europe during the COVID, a lot of people say, yes, we were not happy with our health system. Maybe we were punching the health system during the COVID, but I got to be thankful to the, all the health workers, the nurses, the doctors, uh, really, really, we all uh, got to give our gratitude to them. But the system although maybe it was over capacity, but it did work. And you see the European are saying, we laughed back to the politics. We laughed at federal government buying so much the vaccine, so much the vaccine. After the United States, we were the second country that we rolled out the vaccine better than anybody. Okay, so people outside of the Canada, they see a stability in Canada. They see the diversity in Canada. They see the respect in Canada. They see the, the you know, uh, great environment to raise a family and to grow and be part of this society. So they want to come here. The two system of the immigration and the policies that we have put us in place has made us, to my humble opinion, there was a terminology we used to refer to the Switzerland in the world to being a neutral country and doesn't get involved in anything. Frankly, Canada is a global Switzerland. We don't, we are friendly. We are peacemaker. We don't want to get into trouble. We love people come to us. We are a community and culture of respect. And yes, the policies that we have maybe sometimes frustrate us, but I think the COVID and I think the supply and demand issue for the first time has waken up the both provincial and federal government, which they need to do something for the next 25 years to make sure that we don't get into the supply demand issue at all. I, yeah. And I think that that comes down to building more affordable housing. I mean, that's, that's, that's the name of the game. Everybody's been talking about it. You bring up a really great point because it makes me think for the longest time we've been, we've been saying, uh, you know, since the fifties, right? Oh, go and live the American dream. And if you work hard, you can have a good life. I feel like there's a really missed opportunity for whoever's in charge of setting up like the Canadian thing, call it the Canadian dream, come here and live the Canadian dream, live a safe, happy, humble life, unassuming, not getting into trouble. Sorry, 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 sorry. A, A, A. And I feel like there's, you know, there's an opportunity to say what the, general population i think of the world probably wants is a relaxed way to live their life especially if you're coming from the chaos of you know like the middle east or from ukraine or something like that right um listen i'm a byproduct of that uh, system i am a proud uh, canadian uh, iranian descent immigrants and i love canada i will uh, 
uh, Die for Canada. And I'm always thankful every day for the opportunity that was presented to me. And I don't see, frankly, being an immigrant and being involved with the multiple culture and different communities. I don't see any part in the world that really provide such an opportunity. And you're right. The Canadian dream does exist. Um, well, you're living it. You, we are living it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm living it and I love it. And I'm sure, I'm 100% sure. Multi-million other peoples in Canada, they're living it. Uh, we walk by them on a daily basis and we love it. Uh, you know, we all love it. We all have one common goal. How we, can we make Canada, which is our collective home, a better place? <laughs> I think that's a that's a beautiful spot to end it. Steve, thanks very much for joining today. Any final thoughts before I cut you off finally? I my recommendation to people is connect with professional, connect with the right people, read as much as you can. Uh, don't pay attention, not discrediting the media at all. There are great media, great resources, great rationale. Uh, follow them. Don't follow the news and uh, just follow the credible people and take a look at the history. Take a look at the stats. I said at the beginning of this talk, numbers, they don't lie. Not about the real estate, about anything else. I tell my children, I said, if you put this much hours, this much you study, this much result you get. So anything in life, it's about that stats and that number and it will work. So I'm not worried about the market at all. And um, if the market take a little bit of the break, so be it. Take a little bit of the break. So we're all going to survive. Nothing going to happen. If you survive COVID, guess what? We survive anything. There you go. On that note, uh, thanks again, Steve, for, for, for joining us today. I super appreciate it. It's always great to talk with you. I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, and you guys who are watching and listening, uh, feel free, as always, to like, subscribe, share this with your friends. You can book the appointment with me down in the Calendly link. Um, and yeah, until next time, everybody, keep it real. Keep it collective. <laughs>